The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time. This is Pastor Mike Sasso, and I'm sitting in today for Pastor Chris. Let me go to the Lord. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to speak your word to your people, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would open our hearts, open our minds, and open our spirits to receive all that you have for us today. And Lord, let my words be your words. Let the words that come out of my mouth touch the hearts and minds of men to turn them 100% to you to fulfill the calling of God that you have upon each individual's life in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. What a blessing. I come to you today in the spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind, and I come to release the word of the Lord to you so that we as a body will grow up and mature and fulfill the great commission that Jesus has given to us to prepare the world for the Lord to return. We have a job to do that God has given us, and he's not coming back until we do that job. So pay attention. We got some work to do. Amen. So at the end of this past year, we always have a prophetic gathering of the saints where we come together to hear the word of the Lord and to rededicate our hearts and minds to Christ. And we did that this year. And Pastor Chris shared a few things that I'm going to share with you kind of as a a preamble to what we're going to talk about today. And the first thing she said was that we're going to understand the love of God and how God loves us and that love and the victory that he has handed to us because of that love. And it says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God, the children of God, his descendants. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Verse 2, And beloved, we are the sons of God, the descendants of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And as we understand this love that God has for us and the love that he has for his people, we will begin to understand that every single member of the body of Christ has value. And we will understand that as we begin to undergird our brothers and sisters in that love, that we will grow up and mature and fulfill the Great Commission. He loves every member equally. He doesn't love me greater than you. He doesn't love Pastor Chris greater than he does love me. And in John chapter 17, it even says that he loves us as much as he loves his own son, Jesus Christ. In John chapter 17, verse 22, Jesus prayed this. And he said, actually in verse 21, he says, Father, that they may be one as thou art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. See, when we become one, one body, fitly joined together, the world is going to believe. The power of God will manifest in the earth, and the world will believe that he sent us, that he sent Jesus. Are you getting this? And verse 22, And the glory which thou gave me, I have given them, that they may be one as we are one. I in them, thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one. That's the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, that the world may know that you have sent me and that you have loved them as you have loved me. The same way he loved Jesus, he loved us. 
with the same love that he loved his only begotten son. And the Bible says that he has a purpose foreordained before the foundation of the world that you and I would walk in it. So this is just a preamble to the message, but bear with me. And in 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about that, that each member of the body of Christ, as we embrace this love, we're going to understand that every member in the body has equal value in the eyes of God. It doesn't matter what position you're in, in your own body. If your finger hurts, your body hurts. If your toe hurts, you stub your toe, you don't do very well. Every single member in the body of Christ has value. And as each member does its part, we become strong as the body of Christ. Okay, And Paul was talking about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says in verse 25, So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. See, I need to be concerned about my brother and my sister, and I actually need to be praying for them so that they will fulfill the destiny and call in their life. And as they do, we together will be strong. Verse 26, for if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. And if one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And so the point, she pointed out that we must see the plan of God and that he has made us all, that is every member of the body of Christ, a part of his kingdom and has a vital role in the kingdom of God and that Jesus is the King of Kings. And as it says in Revelations 1.6 and Revelations 5.10, that we are kings and priests after the order of Melchizedek. In other words, that we are going to be and should be even this day acting as Jesus acted. We should be representatives of heaven. That's our number one mission is the Great Commission, to represent heaven in the earth. Amen. So finally, the thing that we're going to focus on today and possibly this next week is that Pastor Chris said the Lord had spoken that this year, 2023, and then beyond, from here forward, we, the body of Christ, are going to begin to understand spiritual authority. I'm going to say that again. We're going to understand spiritual authority, and then we're going to begin to walk in it. And I'm not talking about lording over people because the way of the world is totally different than the way of the kingdom of God. So this is my message today. We're going to understand and focus on understanding spiritual authority, meaning the authority structure of God and the kingdom of God. And as we understand this, we, each member of the body of Christ, is going to walk in that authority. That authority is delegated to his people. Amen. So number one, the number one principle he told me to understand spiritual authority in the kingdom of God is it's very different than the way of the world. That is, the authority in the world structure, it's always from the top down. In other words, it's the top lording over the bottom and telling the bottom what to do. And even in the church, sadly, we've heard this, you got to be under authority, you got to be submitted. And I, I get it, I understand being in line with what the Spirit of God says and being submitted, I do understand that, but we have to understand what true spiritual authority is. Because in the kingdom of God, it's not from the top down, it's from the bottom up. I'm going to say that again. In the kingdom of God, spiritual authority is not from the top down, it's from the bottom up. Jesus is the chief cornerstone of a foundation that is built upon the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone. He's the foundation of the building, and we stand upon him. In other words, he is holding us up. 
And so to begin to understand that, I want us to turn to Matthew chapter 20. And we can start at verse 25. Jesus called unto him and said, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered to, but to minister, and gave his life a ransom for many. See, he became a servant, a servant unto death, obedience unto death. He yielded himself as a servant of God to do the will of God in every situation, in every circumstance, not seeking glory for himself, but seeking glory for the Father. And in so doing, the Bible says, raised him above every other name, that upon the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue confess. Now that's spiritual authority. But Jesus, even now, is not lording over us. The Bible says he's seated at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. He's literally praying for you and for me to fulfill the Great Commission, to do what he's called us to do. So we have to follow that example. And if you want to understand spiritual authority, you must understand that it begins with service. In other words, you become a servant of Jesus Christ. You become a servant of the Lord Jesus. You lay your life down. You lay your will down to do the will of the Father. It's not about you. It's not about your will. If it's all about you and it's all about your will, then you're just a self-centered believer. And quite candidly, you're carnal. All you think about is me, me, my, my. If you want to understand spiritual authority and you want to begin to walk in it, you, number one, have to lay your will down and say, God, you be the Lord of my life. Now, that literally means you have control over everything. That means I'm not making my decisions anymore regarding relationships, regarding where I go, what I do. But Lord, you lead me, you guide me, and you tell me what to do. This is very different than the world system. And serving is literally the recognition as we serve comes from God. And I want to read this in the NLT version, the same verses we just read, Matthew chapter 20, verse 25. Jesus called unto them and said, You know that the rulers of this world lord over the people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Say that with me. It's going to be different among us. For whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must first become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life for a ransom for many. So in 2023, we are going to understand spiritual authority, and it is a place of service. And I'll just say not of service to men, but of service to God. And in so serving to God, we will minister to men as a witness. For what purpose? To bring them to Christ. Our first mission, remember, is the Great Commission. To seek and save the lost. That's what Jesus did. Remember, it is the will of God that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Not some, not just your friends, not those who are going to your church, but the heathens that are in the world and those that are even standing against the plan of God. It is the will of God for them to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. And Paul is writing to his son Timothy and says, and I say his son, his son in the Lord, 
I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, and intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Now, let me tell you something. Prayer for all men and prayer for those who are in authority and prayer for others, that's a place of service. That's a place of selflessness. You're not praying about yourself. You're not praying about God, give me my mind. No, no, no. It's about, Lord, minister to this person. Lord, open this person's eyes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You lay your will down to see the will of God manifested in the lives of others. That is spiritual authority. And that's where you get it. We serve God and become a minister of the gospel by praying. So I exhort, therefore, first of all, that supplications, prayers, and intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings. That means those that are in office and those are in political authority, whether you voted for them or not, pray for them. They need prayer. Glory to God. They, they, most of them don't know God, and they need to know God. Okay, so pray for kings and all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. He didn't say talk about the leadership. He didn't say ridicule the leadership and call them names. He said, pray for them. Okay, why? So that we would lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and in honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who wills that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So it is the will of God, believe it or not, that Joe Biden get saved. It's the will of God, believe it or not, that Kamala Harris be saved. It's the will of God that Nancy Pelosi be saved. It's not the will of God that she go to hell. That's her choice. But our job, that's not our choice. Our job is to pray for her soul and that God would open her eyes. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, so let's keep moving. So Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but to seek and save the lost. In John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have, what? Life everlasting. Verse 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So we have that same mission. Our mission, he sent us into the world, not to condemn the world. That's not our place. Our place is to minister on behalf of the Holy Spirit, to minister on behalf of God's leading, that the nations of the world be saved. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God waiting in eager expectation until his enemies are made his footstool. And by the way, the enemies of God are those that are lined up. That basically it's the devil and all the devil's kingdom and men that have aligned themselves with the devil. Jesus told the Pharisees, he says, you're sons of the devil. And they didn't even know it. They thought they were serving God. So our ministry, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. It says that all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That ministry is given to every single member of the body of Christ. 2 Corinthians 19 says, To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed unto us this word of reconciliation. But understand, that's our mission. But you don't have the power or the ability to win a single soul to Jesus Christ. It's a work of of the Holy Spirit. So you have to yield to the Holy Spirit and you have to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. This is critical that we understand this. You can't do this in your own power. So to understand spiritual authority, you must understand that it is not your will or my will that we are to bring to bear in the earth. It's the will of God. 
And literally being led by the Spirit of God in everything we do will make us effective to bring this to pass in our own lives and in the lives of others. And until we get this and literally die to our selfishness and yield to the Holy Spirit of God, we're not going to get it. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus was talking at the Sermon on the Mount, and he opened with that scripture. That was the first thing to come out of his mouth in Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. What does that mean to be poor in spirit? If you look up the word poor, the word poor, the Greek word is pachos. I'm not probably pronouncing that right. But it literally means that you are destitute of wealth, influence, position, or honor in and of yourself. That means that you realize, as Jesus said, I can of myself do nothing. You're poor in spirit. You realize that I don't have the ability to win a single soul to God or to Jesus. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. Zechariah 4.6 says, Not by might, not by power, but by thy Spirit, saith the Lord. It is a work of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is saying you are blessed when you realize that I can of myself do nothing. You are blessed when you realize that you're poor in spirit and you need the leading of the Holy Spirit in every single area of life because at that point, he says, theirs is the kingdom of God. That means he's saying, then you're walking in the authority of the kingdom. Blessed are those who realize they don't have an ability to do things on their own, but they are yielded 100% to the leading of the Holy Spirit for they walk in the authority of the kingdom. That's what he's talking about, spiritual authority here, friend. And if you want to move in the power of God and you want to see signs and wonders that follow them that believe, then you need to get out of self and you need to say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Teach me, lead me, guide me today in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you getting this? This is the foundation of spiritual authority. And we have to understand that we must be led by the Spirit of God. You know, Pastor Chris told me a story and she shared this on the pulpit years ago. She was attending a conference, a training session in Houston, Texas years ago at the Quick Copy Corporation. And she was staying in a cabin there on the property as she was there for the week. And the Lord had spoken to her that he was going to introduce her to one of his generals. She got so excited. She said, wow, one of the generals, Lord, who could it be? So she got up the next morning and she was getting ready, so excited. The Holy Spirit had told her he was going to reveal one of his generals to her. And about that time, the cleaning lady walked in and she was amazed. And the Holy Spirit said, this is one of my generals. She says, oh my gosh, the cleaning lady. So she began to inquire a little bit about who she was and ask her. And she came to find out that this lady had been working at this company for many years and that she was a prayer warrior, meaning she served the company she served in that business. She served and cleaned the rooms. She prayed for everybody that would come and stay in those cabins. She would clean and do an excellent job. She prayed for the leadership of the corporation and who eventually got saved because of her prayers and intercession and her witness, she was literally yielded 100% to the Holy Spirit. And she saw her number one mission, even though she was a cleaning lady in this corporation. She was a servant. And God called her one of his generals. You see, now that's spiritual authority. 
And that is understanding what Jesus said, as we read earlier in this program, about becoming a servant. And God called her one of his generals. You see, authority in the kingdom of God is very different than the world. Okay, And the leadership of that corporation would not have gotten saved if it had not been for the prayers and intercession and the witness of this yielded vessel that loved and prayed and ministered and served. You see, service is the beginning of ministry in Jesus's kingdom. You have to learn to serve. You have to get out of yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Lord, where can I serve? Well, you can serve in the very job that you're in right now. You can begin to pray for your coworkers. You can begin to pray for those that ridicule you. You can begin to yield to the Holy Spirit of God to love the unlovable, to love your enemies, to do good that those that spitefully use you, to pray for those that persecute you, and watch God begin to change their hearts. Jesus said you overcome evil, what? With good, see? And they'll, they'll see your good works and they'll glorify God, which is in heaven. This prayers, selfless, thankless giving gives you authority. What? To stand in the gap on behalf of their souls. You're literally calling them into the kingdom by your love and by your prayers. That sacrifice of self as you become a servant shows that you have authority in the kingdom. Probably one of the best examples of spiritual authority that I can see in the natural that most people can understand is parenting. And in parenting, a good parent sacrifices for the children. They're concerned for their well-being. They lay down their own will for the betterment of their children. They sacrifice to give them education. They sacrifice and lay a foundation. And interestingly enough, good parents always say that their children can do way better than they ever did because of the foundation. Again, the, they're on the bottom. The leadership is on the bottom. What? Holding them up. Jesus is the foundation built upon the apostles and prophets holding us up. Do you see that? So spiritual authority is very different than the world. It doesn't lord over. Instead, it gets up under those to lift them up so that they can be all they can be for God. That is spiritual authority. And look at what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 12. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me and the works that I do, shall he do also. So he's not lording over us saying, hey, you're not going to ever be like I'm going to be. I'm, I'm the leader here. I'm going to tell you what to do. You're going, that's not what Jesus did. Jesus was a servant and he ministered to his disciples. He even served them at the Last Supper. He ministered to them. He washed their feet. Peter said, no, no, you can't do that. He said, look, if I don't wash you, if I don't minister to you, you're not going to have any part of me. Peter said, well, not just my feet then, do my whole body. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we've got to learn to yield and look at the next part of that verse, what Jesus said. He said, so the works that I do shall he do also, and even greater will he do because I go to my Father. So Jesus said, you can do greater than him. So think about that. That is the place of service. Amen? And in verse 13, he says, And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So this, friend, is spiritual authority. It's a place of service. But do we see that in the church today? Well, we hear a lot of submit, submit. What about love? What about laying it down for the brethren? What about empowering the body of Christ? That's what it says in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. 
verse 10 and 11, it talks about the apostles and prophets that God appoints in the church, apostles and prophets, pastors and teachers, to prepare the church to serve. And let's turn there for a minute. It says in verse 11, Ephesians chapter 4, and he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for works of the ministry. In other words, to basically prepare you, it says in the NIV translation, for works of service. Every member has a job in the church to edify or build up the body of Christ. And verse 13, until we all come into the unity of the faith and attain to the full measure of the stature of Jesus Christ. That is the ministry that takes place in the church. To build you up, each individual member reached the full stature of Jesus Christ. Amen. We're running out of time here. We're going to pick this up next week, but I want to tell you God has a plan for your life. Begin to say and say this with me. Say, Lord, use me. Lord, teach me how to yield my vessel to be a vessel of honor for you, to serve you and to serve my brother and sister as if I'm serving you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us hear from you. God bless you. And we'll talk to you again real soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. We really hope you were blessed by today's episode. And if you were, we want to hear from you. You can call us at 210-695-1630. Or you can email us at sogmi at outlook.com. That's S-O-G-M-I at outlook.com. And we really encourage you to visit our website, sogmi.org. That is S-O-G-M-I dot org. That's where you can listen to previous episodes of this podcast and even support this podcast. We're supported by listeners just like you. So if you want to support this ministry, you can go to SOGMI.org and hit the donate button. You can also send a check to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. Again, that is P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023.